Hello, Halo fans. Apologies for hijacking your entertainment system, but it is time for another episode of Forward Unto Quan, the podcast where we talk all about Halo the series, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I am Tyler Monaghan, and as always, I am joined by Megan Watt. Hi, Megan. Hi there. And this week, we have another very special episode. Our usual co-host, Cicero Holmes, is on break. And today, we have a very special guest, the Maquis to my John, the Cortana to my Master Chief, uh, my wonderful wife, Julia Wider. Hi, Julia. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, just before we get started, want to give a big thank you to our special guest last week, uh, Sarah Norris. Sarah, your prediction about the giant battle at the end of episode eight did not come true, but we really enjoyed talking about Halo with you. Uh, and I hope our listeners did too. Uh, and thank you again so much for being here with us. So uh, from here on out, I am activating the uh, emergency Spartan back channel. From now on, you will receive orders through this channel only. We are going to start talking about Halo Universe and Halo the series. Let's jump right in. Every week we start uh, with a little bit of Halo Universe chat. Uh, Julia, it is your turn this week. Uh, Talk to us a little bit more about your experience with and memories of Halo. Um, Did you play the games? I know the answers to these questions, but the people (laughs) want to know, have you read any of the books or comics? And like kind of what did you bring with you into the series? Yeah, well, you know, unlike both of you, um, I didn't really get into the Halo universe until probably around the time that Halo 3 was coming out. Um, You know, I knew of Halo's existence, uh, but I never had an Xbox growing up, Um, mostly played RPGs. So just it wasn't my thing at the time. Um, But, you know, worked at GameStop, obviously became very well well aware of Halo 3 as it was um, announced coming out. And yeah, everyone was just so excited about this game that I just knew nothing about that I had to actually go look it up on Wikipedia and like teach myself so that I could, you know, be be a good employee at GameStop. (laughs) And uh, yeah, my first time ever playing the game, I think was probably not until that uh, after working that midnight Halo 3 launch, um, which was just so much fun to be at, you know, people were so excited to be there. And, uh, you know, I think all of us were actually there at the launch and, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> afterwards we went over to, to your place, Ty and Meg. Um, I remember I brought over like one of my smaller TVs and my Xbox and we just like set that up in your living room, um, and played through the co-op story on legendary. I'm pretty sure we beat it that same night at like, you know, five or six in the morning, something crazy. I think that was cool. was out We had sure. to. <laughs> <laughs> and we had class like the next morning. We did well, class the next morning. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny again, because like thinking, but it is funny how these, these different experiences that all feel so typical of playing Halo are like mutually exclusive. Like I think of like the LAN parties with a bunch of people in their TV. Well, I guess Julia just showed how they're not mutually exclusive. Like, the four player co-op campaign wasn't even a thing until that game that we're talking about. But like, we all felt like we knew that's the way that the game had to be played. And even though we were playing it over Xbox live, uh, it was pretty cool that we were like able to also be uh, in the same physical space. Um, But yeah. So Julia to beyond uh, halo three kind of what have you played and interacted with in the, the halo universe? Yeah. Um, I have not read any of the books or comics, but, um, you know, after Halo 3, I definitely was on the bandwagon um, and, you know, played pretty much every game that came after Halo 3. Pretty sure I was at every midnight launch for all of them as well. And I'm also pretty sure that we, you know, beat those games right after the launch um, all together, too. So, yeah, beyond beyond the games, really, that's it. It's all I had coming into this. And recently, I think I mentioned on this show, you and I have been playing through uh, the Master Chief Collection, so the original, the original trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. and we're toward the beginning of, we're on the maybe second or third mission of Halo 3 right now. Um, sticking with uh, Halo the series, or, or I guess moving over to Halo the series, before we get into this week's episode in particular... Um, Julia, what's, uh, been your vibe of the show so far? Has that changed at all in the last episode or two? Uh, obviously I have been 
watching it with you, but what's your kind of like in a nutshell uh, about how you feel with one of the weird if you like hadn't talked to her at all about it since then you've just been waiting for the podcast we just yeah we just watch silently (laughs) watching in silence (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean going into this you know i i only knew the games and i only knew what was presented in the games so didn't really know too much about uh john's like backstory i mean i knew the basics but you know and i i I feel like I'm always asking Ty these questions of like, did they talk about this in the book? Did they explore this in the book? Um, and I think the answer was for a lot of things, yes, right? Like they did get into his backstory a lot, but that wasn't as much touched on in the game. So I really, um, I was honestly expecting the show to be a little more like the games um, with a heavier focus on action, less uh, character development and such. But I've been really loving this show so far. Um, I've loved all the character development and how um, they are going and giving me that backstory that I just never had because I personally never thought to seek out the books. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, I don't know, but in a lot of ways, I think someone like you is is probably kind of the core audience for the show in a lot of ways. People who have sort of a basic familiarity with sort of the big like themes and characters of the games, but are not you know, necessarily, um, super fans. So I think that's kind of a cool, uh, place from which to approach it. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and dig in. Um, because I think we might have some complicated feelings on this episode. Uh, so let's, let's get into this week's episode of Halo, the series. It was called Allegiance. This is your spoiler warning. If you don't know that John and McKee have sex, stop listening right now and go watch the episode or you're only going to get more reveals like that one ruined for yourself as we uh, talk about the show. Uh, so let's just get right right into it. Uh, I was actually surprised. This was not really a big running theme on like the IMDb episode reviews that I skimmed through, but Julia and I were, I guess, weirdly fixated on uh, the development of John uh, and McKee's relationship that we saw in this episode. Um, and then, uh, also in this episode, we had, a uh, giant, giant battle, uh, between some Spartans that we will discuss. Um, and then, uh, finally, we've been waiting all this time for some PVP and we, we finally got it. Um, and we'll also be discussing Operation Zed with a dumb episode review thrown in there. Um, so, so like I said, let's, let's talk first about, uh, John and McKee. They... John came over to McKee's place and gave her a jacket. They went out and had a nice frolic in the park around uh, Reach City. Uh, And then they decided to go home and uh, have sex. And then McKee felt so good about that experience that she uh, pulled out her fingernail plasma blade in what seemed to me like kind of an affirmation that she had decided her loyalties had switched and she was ready to double cross the covenant and stay with John. Uh, I could not... I, I was like, I had a mantra in my head of like, this is just prosthetics. It's all makeup, right? Like I could do this to my finger right now and it would be fine. But I could not keep my eyes on the screen. I was horrified. Uh, you know. Yeah, I stopped watching. I, 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 I Like I had my arm over my it's yeah like I, so we'll talk a little bit more yeah. about like the repercussions and stuff but yeah like how did we feel about just this whole like there was a lot going on here right i think they were trying to kind of encapsulate uh, very intense feelings and relationship in a, in a really short uh sequence um for me it felt like the time when we went from a show about adults and, and human nature and agency and who's in control of their own actions to a show about uh immature young people having sex and not really knowing how to do it and i i did not like that megan how did you how did this all strike you uh, yeah i i was not a big fan i i have so many there are so many reasons i wasn't a big fan too like first i i've been confused by mckee's but i've been confused by everybody's motivation honestly i don't know where mckee's coming from i don't know where john's coming from there's this weird scene with miranda where she like totally forgets that her dad just admitted to kidnapping children like i I, people's motivation is just not clear to me and in normal tv shows you have like long looks at 
somebody that only we get to see or you you know the the camera sticks on a door for too long or something that allows us to go oh i see she's lying or oh i see she believes this or oh i see like she actually is hiding her feet you know but they've had none of that and i kept waiting for like oh there's a reason for that but i think the reason is either bad direction or bad writing it's it, it turns out that it made no sense and so you have McKee who goes from I uh, she has been uh, brainwashed uh, indoctrinated since childhood to hate humanity with a deep passion and believe that she is part of the covenant after a day she goes to being so in love that she tears out her own fingernail and within minutes after that, she goes back to being okay with destroying all of humanity. See, and I, it, it was, that was a little, that's a little quick for me. Um, yeah. and, and like, I, you know, I said in the beginning how I really wanted this to be, or I thought it was going to be like a Kylo Ren relationship, which, um, yeah. I keep saying Kylo Ren, Kylo Ray relationship, um, yeah. which their relationship was great because there's this tension where they are both they're both in the same uh situations on opposite sides and that tension of of wanting to be together but being at a, on a po- having opposing values it, it was like a really cool relationship to see build this one it felt like this scene if it ever needed to be should have been like three seasons down the line it's Oh my god! Yeah, I have so many, so many reasons why I this this might have been the nail in the coffin for me for for saying that this series has gone completely off the rails and is not that yeah, not a fan. Yeah, I was having a text message conversation with uh, Cicero, and he talked uh, about uh, basically like seeing an analog of Romeo and Juliet here. And he said, you know, you've got with John and McKee, two members of their respective quote unquote families. The families are warring against each other. These two meet, find commonalities. They fall in love, misunderstandings and mistrust ensue and separate them. Uh, Somebody dies season two. Uh, And I thought that was like a pretty good read on uh, the situation. Part of what I felt about this relationship is what I've also felt about Quan, which is, I actually sort of, it's sort of plausible to me that these people could act this way based on how they feel, right? It actually is not unbelievable to me that Maki would take these drastic decisions. Like, I don't know what it's like to be abducted by aliens and like go through puberty, right? And like never have like feelings for another human because you've never really had the chance to encounter one. I don't know. I did some stupid things. I can picture myself ripping out a fingernail, you know what I mean? For, for a girl, like when I was a teenager or something like that, but it doesn't make her like interesting watching though still. Right. Um, and it's, it's like, I felt that way about Quan. Like I get why she's willing to take any chance, no matter how slim to try and like recover this hope. But it's, it's not interesting to watch. Uh, well, Julia, as you said, it's not really on theme. It's just, it's it feels like it's just kind of going it's you've got the the themes that they're trying to do in the show and then you've got the characters who and like as a writer i understand when your characters have their own agency and they start going off the outline uh in a way that you didn't expect but you can't do that with a tv show (laughs) uh yeah julia i know you have thoughts uh share some of them with us yeah i mean i think i i agree with megan it i was very intensely and immediately like no I I don't want this I don't want this to be happening like this just doesn't feel right um and I couldn't quite think about why it was that I was just like so against it and yeah I think it's just yeah (laughs) I think part of it is that like you know they do go to the park they go on a weird pseudo date and like during that chief is still super distrustful of her and it goes from him still being like on his guard around her to suddenly he just you know he's not wearing any armor or or clothes and they're just (laughs) doing that you know like it falls asleep right next to her (laughs) exactly right like completely leaving himself vulnerable to her and it just yeah it seemed like there needed to be isn't that a war crime 
he relieved the guards at the door too, like in contravention of their their orders. So but I mean, like having sex with a prisoner of war isn't that like a don't do I think, that? Yeah, I think her, maybe her status <laughs> is like unclear enough, or they just like don't care enough about war crimes to. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it seems like a yeah. good point. Uh, I just thought I'd credit... Also, Reach City, that's that's not the name of the yeah, people... city in the books, right? Like, isn't it New Alexandria or something? Yeah, that's what somebody said online. I will... I love uh, Earth I don't remember, city. so I'll take their word for it. But... I love Earth City. That's yeah, I don't <laughs> the know. The main city of Earth. <laughs> there were things that bothered me about this episode, but I can't. I'd be lying that's if I said a... that was one of them. Uh... I feel like that's just an extra, like a... Uh... It wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was the straw that added insult to injury. Yeah, I yeah, I I feel stupid even saying this, but like you know, he did. You know, there's the base, and then the leave that. Like, it's not inconceivable to me that from the like the base could straddle a couple of different cities, right? And they went to like kind of the more like hipster, like uh, I don't know, military bases that interact with civilian cities like that are, are not uncommon in the world that we live in uh and sometimes it's it's not weird to get on a train and be able to get off at more than one uh city you know what i mean so i thought the reason that they actually put the subtitle on the screen then when they had already been at the base on reach was to to make it clear that they had actually left the area that they were used to their comfort zone and they had actually gone out where where somebody like john would never have any business going where where only civilians would go and hang out but um, I still thought the whole thing was dumb. I, I McKee almost killed that dog. That was something. Um, while she still had her plasma blade, and um, no one thought to be like, "What is that thing growing out of your fingernail?" <laughs> yeah, I guess nobody. Yeah, that was weird. Um, let's go ahead and do. I think uh, last week we talked a little bit about like the potential for a, a dumb episode review one of my favorite segments that was actually like a positive take on this week's episode. And I think we've got a good example of that this week. Uh, and I'm going to hand it off to uh, Julia, who's going to read this week's dumb episode review. So uh, take it away, Julia. All right. So this one is uh, titled now that's more like it after hopefully nine out of what 10 was stars. The- yes. Nine out of 10 stars. Uh, okay. After hopefully what was the last Quan Ha outing of the disastrous last episode, Halo finally was back to true form this week. It was almost as if we were watching two entirely different series. The superficial and amateurish acting in the Quan Ha story versus the first-rate, high-drama, sci-fi story of Master Chief versus the Covenant. I really hope that the showrunners take a good look at at the reviews of last week's episode and never squander the goodwill of their audience like that again. You hear that, showrunners? I hope you're you're listening. I hope you read this. And I hope before you, you know, produce episode nine for next Thursday, that you think about that and don't squander our goodwill again by, you know, integrating this character that you have uh, decided to, I, I don't know. It seems like maybe, you know, I, I can't even really finish that thought because I don't know if they know what they're doing, but I did love that squandering uh, the goodwill part. Um, and I didn't really, you know, for, for what it's worth, I, I, I think just like I was saying about Reach City, like I have my issues with the Quan Ha part, but I don't really think like amateurish acting is necessarily one of them. I feel like that's a little... Um... I love seeing what um people attribute their dislike to. Right, yeah, exactly. It's that's always not it. the correct avenue, the correct target, but yeah. they got to pick one. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like there's people like don't, I guess, especially when you're sharing your thoughts online in a public forum for people to read, no one ever wants to just be like, yeah, it's just not for me, dog. You know, like (laughs) I I get how some people could like it, but I would have preferred this, you know? Um, And a lot of times that's just what it is, but that's not like how you make an authoritative review online. Um, Let's get into our second topic of the day. Uh, I mentioned we had some, what I keep wanting to call crucible, but that is the wrong game. Uh, Some PVP, uh, we had some Spartans fighting some Spartans. Uh, we'll skip to sort of why this happened and, and something called Operation Z uh, after this. But for right now, I just want to talk about uh, the battle itself. Basically, we get John without his armor fighting uh, Riz and Vanek, who are in their armor. And along the way, John gets a couple of assists uh, from Cortana that I thought were super fun, and from Kai, who is in her armor. 
Um, and so like though that split is established and it seems like maybe silver team is going to reunite, um, for the next episode, but kind of like, you know, we had talked a lot about this potential for the silver team to kind of split down the middle like this. And it happened like many things with the Spartans in the show a lot more quickly and suddenly and forcefully than I anticipated. And so we just got this big old, um, mostly hand to hand, but with some firearms thrown in um brawl so julia obviously this is kind of different from the combat that we see in halo there were some nods to it like you saw chief go in for the like you know do the pistol until you get close and then go in for the melee hit and he just like injured his hand because he wasn't (laughs) he wasn't wearing his armor that i liked but uh obviously this was super different than the games john's not wearing his armor i know that was distracting for a lot of people watching this what did you think julia I thought the fight was just so cool to watch. Um, I mean, I was distracted by John not wearing his armor, but I was mostly distracted by just seeing how powerful the Spartans actually are. Like, I think it was Vanek ends up kicking Chief and it, it like sends him flying across the room into a pillar and it like cracks the pillar. But yeah, it's like Vanek's a kung fu movie. Like holds him up, like by his arm, and he's like dazed. And Vanek comes and like drop kicks him into the wall or something. Yeah, crazy. but it it looked like there was no effort from Vanek at all. Like it was just the easiest thing in the world for him to do. And like, I don't know, that was really cool to see for me. I thought. Yeah, it made me want to kick button. Megan, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, I I like any of the action in this show <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just because i just want there to be action um and yeah it was a little bit weird that he didn't have his armor like i was finally on board the like put your helmet on dude thing it's just kind of weird that i i feel like maybe they've just forgotten about that like um it would have been cool yeah. for me if like he could have i i don't know how this would have like happened they would have had to recontextualize the fight but if the chief could have had like some of it you know like maybe just the helmet even, or like just, just like the arms, but nothing else, you know what I mean? And have to defend himself that way. Yeah. It just felt like a little. It was much. cool to see that Master Chief could, I guess, take on these two people, uh, like at least stand his ground a little by himself, because that's just how cool Master Chief is. Um, and, and unlike a lot yeah, of which, like, you know, like, let's say like Marvel cinematic universe stuff where they, I mean, they can do whatever they want, obviously, but like with the chief there, there is somewhat of it. Like, you know, they, all those scars are for a reason. Like they have chopped him open. And I believe if I'm remembering right, part of the Spartan augmentation in the books and stuff is like, they like, I don't know, their, their bones are like titanium fused or something like that. Like they're even as individuals out of their armor, they are supposed to be incredibly durable and powerful. Uh, I, I do think, like we already mentioned Maquis' fingernail, and then again with this sequence, I think the show really would have benefited from like somewhere in episode one, like with all the people prying stuff out of their spines and like horrible like sort of injuries we've had that people get over super quickly. Like Ty was like in the hospital freaking out the other day, and now she's like lifting warthogs up on ropes, and like I just would have loved to see like a season, uh, sorry, episode one mention of like riz being like this is biofoam this is how you use it it like fixes injuries really fast or so you know what i mean just some little in-universe explanation because everyone is like incredibly uh resilient i loved seeing cortana like toward the beginning of the fight is like vanek is coming at john and she's like his left servo is out of sync take out his knee and chief like right away like kicks him in the knee and vanek kind of falls down and uh later obviously cortana activates a warthog to kind of pin vanek against the wall and i do think like do you guys still think they're kind of priming us for a last episode like a lot of action or at least a big action set piece because that's still how it feels to me i mean god i, I hope think so. yeah i think so yeah because like we, we've started to establish like the relation like how cortana and john fight together and then we've also uh we had this mention it was kind of a weird throwaway thing, but in this episode, there was like a planet criterion and there was a report coming into UNSC headquarters that the planet had been glassed. And uh, Keyes and Perangoski have this very brief discussion about trying to rescue the people on the planet. And Keyes kind of reminds her, like, we can't do that. It's pretty much a total loss anyway, but the coal protocol applies. And uh, the coal protocol is, I'm sure anybody listening to 
this show would probably already know is right that the humans can't flee toward reach or toward earth or toward any other i think toward any other colonies i think they have to flee at like a random vector when escaping the covenant because they don't want to lead them to to reach and to earth um and so i had never i guess fully realized uh the obvious implication of that that it does make a rescue or evacuation mission pretty much impossible as long as the covenant are still on the scene uh which is uh pretty messed up yeah i'm glad they showed uh that brief image of what glassing a city looks like uh ollie was like oh i thought that was just like a term that they were using not oh it's all lava <laughs> like yeah yeah no they they really it's gone <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty pretty horrifying so speaking of you know like images of, of things that we think are to come on halo Let's really dig into like kind of the big topic, I think, um, and and we can take some detours along the way if we want to. But we have something called Operation Zed. Basically, Halsey, through a combination of like stealing her daughter's identity um, and kind of leveraging Cortana's help and her unique relationship with the Spartans, invokes uh, basically her own order of uh, her own version of. Order 66, uh, she enacts a plan that gives her personal command of the Spartans and removes them from the UNSC chain of command. I really love this sequence. They set us up for this perfectly. In I think it was in episode one where Halsey is telling the Spartans, you know, go protect the Master Chief. If anybody threatens the Master Chief, they're not friendly, Zvanik says. Um, and this obviously hearkened back to that. And basically from that point, forward uh i thought the little radio feedback signal was dumb but basically from there on out we had this awesome you know uh-oh kai's not with the program vanek and, and riz take her out um and then sending you know the other spartans to sick them on the chief which is what we just talked about uh and in the midst of all this happening miranda realizes that it's maquis voice on the radio transmission from that ship the gladius whose crews got killed by a bunch crew got killed by a bunch of worms um and that maquis is like killed a bunch of unsc soldiers and is is a bad a bad person so there's a ton going on here maquis presses the change team button yet again um and decides yeah you know i do like john but I'm back to hating humans. Humans are the worst. Um, and I ended the episode kind of just really not being sure. Like some lines got clarified, but some things got muddied. I guess I'm still, Megan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it to you in a second. I get the sense you don't feel this way, but I still feel like the final episode, like I'm not sure how I'm going to look back on this season. I think the final episode could still take things in a place that leaves me feeling like eh, this episode, this like season had major issues, but it was cool. Um, but it really hinges on where this sort of goes. How are you feeling? And do you have any, ex yeah, just, just kind of your reactions to this big side of the story. Yeah. Well, I got to say, I love when somebody's entire uh, decision-making is a very quick montage of uh, conversations they've had over the last like hour right <laughs> that we I, also saw it's such a dumb trope like just in case we haven't built up enough why she's doing this which we clearly haven't here's a shortcut to her thinking and i i just think it really drove home that it makes no sense um i yeah um so yeah her motivation didn't make sense uh there's somebody else oh yeah the the riz and um and, and vanek I knew, you know, I, I, I anticipated that they would be split down the middle with uh, Halsey directing one side and uh, Miranda, I thought, uh, directing the other. Um, but, I, the you know, you, you brought up the, the whole thing like, well, if they're, they're against the Master Chief, then they ain't friendlies. And then Halsey puts herself against the Master Chief and they are willing to... Right put a bullet in his brain and it's like i it's i, like I thought telling riz to take the shot like to shoot yeah. unshielded yeah i thought they would be loyal to master chief way more than they would be to halsey or at least enough to like think about it for a second 
and I really, I, I think they became very robotic. Um, the more human that that Kai and John became, the more robotic Riz and Vanek became in a way that didn't make any sense for them. I, yeah, the only explanation I can really see, I think they, like, I can kind of picture a writer's room where they talk themselves into a corner about, like, how do we not be exactly like clone troopers here? But mm-hmm. that's actually the exact story that we're trying to tell, right? Is like, yeah, <clears throat> you've got john and kai are these special spartans that have a leg up on the others but you do you do feel like if maybe it's that chip in their spine but like you feel like they you know eventually john is sort of able to reach them but it's like not clear to me why he's he's able to do that julia what were your thoughts on all of this whole operation zed business i mean you guys definitely make a lot of good points um I think just in general with Operation Zed, I knew Halsey was planning something. I mean, obviously she wasn't being like subtle about it and everything that we saw, but I thought it was honestly going to be like just gaining access to the data and, you know, maybe just messing up something that Miranda's working on or, you know, just like helping out and, you know, for her own purposes with, you know, uh, decoding transmissions and such. I was not expecting her to basically hijack the Spartans and then to turn them against Kai. Um, Like my jaw was on the floor the entire sequence in like the best way possible. That was so cool to watch. Well, and they, they also were going after the artifact, right? I mean, it wasn't just like hijacking the Spartans. It was like an entire... Is it called a military coup when you're I don't think Halsey gave doing that the military? Yet, but, the... <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I want to know at all what her endgame was. Because I'm just imagining her holed up and uh, on her ship with an artifact and two Spartans who don't want any of it. And two Spartans who do going like, ha Yeah. Science. Uh, well, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what does she want to rewrite humanity? in her image in some way like she created cortana yeah and it just sucks because like again i was i was so like halsey is the one who's made the most sense to me the the motivation for everybody has been a little bit weird i don't exactly get get what's going on they haven't made enough nods to the audience but halsey made a hundred percent sense she she was so dedicated to this exact vision and then this i don't get what her end game was it suddenly seemed like she was super power hungry as opposed to caring at all about humanity versus the covenant. Well, let's like, I I, I don't, I don't, what's she planning on doing with halo? That's actually a perfect segue for where I was sort of hoping that we would go with this conversation. So I do want to talk a little bit more about exactly that. Some of those things that you just raised, uh, Megan, we've been very consistent in this show in kind of talking, praising the show for making Halsey a really good villain, right? And and making somebody who, like you said, Megan, we understand her motivations, but is truly a scary person, um, in part because you do understand those motivations. And, and in a lot of ways, those motivations are compelling. I, I Because we talked about her so much, and we talked about a couple of the other actors on the show, I wanted to tag uh, Natasha uh, McElhone, I believe is how Sydney Goodman pronounced it. We'll go, we'll go with that, um, who plays Halsey because... I think her performance is just incredible for this character. Um, and I also think she manages to bring out really good things in the other characters. For me, uh, Keys has been a character that has kind of played pretty flat for a lot of the show. Um, you know, no offense to, I hope this is how you say the actor's name, Danny Sapani. Um, but, you know, it's just a character that hasn't, has felt a little bit, you know, phoned into me at times or kind of not sure how to play it. But when he is with Halsey and he, he comes over basically to tell Halsey, Parangoski wants you out. And Halsey sort of calls him out like, look, you were with me. We saw this, right? You were with me when we recruited John. You went around with me and helped me kidnap these little kids. And like for you to be sanctimonious about it now is a little late. And, and I thought that scene was brilliant. And there's a part that I to tie back to what we were saying, Megan, what you were just saying. Uh, there's a part where he starts to tell Halsey, you're so worried about the future that you've thrown away everything that you have, all your relationships in the present, right? You've thrown away your relationship with me, with your daughter, with John. 
And Halsey does that. I love it. She does. She has this look. It's like a parent telling the kid something they already know, right? Smoking is going to mess up your lung. And the kid, she looks away and she's like, I'm going to let you finish. But then he says, what else are you willing to sacrifice? And she's like, everything, right? She, she kind of snaps like that's, that's what you don't get, right? She's like, I wish I didn't have to throw away those relationships with you and with our daughter and with John, but I did. And it's because of something you can't understand. And she's the thing I love is when Halsey has alluded to recognizing that John is connected to something bigger than humanity itself, connected to humanity's destiny, maybe, maybe true nature, maybe, uh, you know, future in the galaxy, its, its evolutionary path. And I do think you sort of hit the nail on the head there, Megan, actually, that she doesn't care so much about the war between the humans and the covenant. And she's sort of trying to look beyond that, but I'm not even sure that she understands what that bigger picture looks like. And so, but yeah, tell us how, how maybe that could have been executed better or or why you think that that hasn't been pulled off. Like I, I'm so glad you brought up that conversation because that gave me chills, literal chills. I thought it it was, that was impeccable writing, impeccable acting, impeccable. Like that was when she says everything is like, exactly. And it's like, and that's where I wish the writing was this entire show is it just, it tells you so much and and you understand exactly where they are. And and it's, there's no qualms about it. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I, I thought that was amazing. Um, I, I guess what I just don't like, uh, she has talked a lot about where she thinks the future is. And a lot of that is she has always anticipated that there is more out there and humanity has a purpose. And I thought she was understanding that humanity's purpose is against the covenant in a way. And it's like, mm-hmm. she can't, even, even if it's not humanity's purpose isn't to take down the covenant. She knows that humanity's purpose is in, in opposition to the covenant in a way that she will need the UNSC to do the, that battle. You can't go to halo with just four Spartans. And I mean, I guess you can, because like, that is what, <laughs> well, that's what the entire game is about is halo with just one Spartan. But like the way that the show is set up, like there's no way because it's more realistic. Obviously, John can't take on an entire Covenant army the way that he can yeah, in the game. He would, he would need <laughs> uh, a steady stream of Marines to sit on the side of his tank treads and, <laughs> exactly. and yeah. die off gradually as he progressed through. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like he does need that backup. I mean, even in the games, though, they do have the Pelicans flying in, and they do they you know he's got a lot of backup. Like he doesn't. It's not just him. And I, this is just where I finally lost. Like Halsey was my last tether to to what made the show maybe not amazing, but made it special, and and, and it just broke. And now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, and I don't know if the last it, it's a two hour finale, right? Like I, I I don't I don't know if they can bring it back because it's got to be four hours. hours? I don't no. know unless she forgets. No, we're all just guessing. But... Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless she forgets that she just had that entire conversation with Wiki and stuff. I, I, I don't know how it's coming back. And, and it's, it's just bleh. <laughs> yeah. The, the only other thing I wanted to throw in uh, for possible discussion here before I toss it to Julia to talk about Halsey was um, Cortana has, uh, you know, I think become full Halsey and in a very different way realized she is just as uh resourceful just as committed to what she thinks is the right course of action as as dr halsey is and i'm yeah i'm excited to see where that that part of it goes but julia talked to us about what what did you think about halsey um i think we were maybe a little more not not thinking about the the bigger story implications during some of this conversation or maybe that's just just me uh in a way that megan was uh what did you think no i i completely agree I was not thinking of the bigger story at all I was just in that in the moment like absorbing her performance absorbing Keys's performance just I mean exactly what you said Megan it was just riveting it was so good um yeah Keys it definitely seemed like he was phoning in with all his you know previous conversations with with Master Chief I was even like 
there's no way that anybody is buying what he's saying when he was just like, oh yeah, I'll take care of this. But like, I believed him in that conversation with Halsey and I was like right there with him. Um, yeah, but honestly, I, I have to say I did not connect it to the story, like the rest of the story on a whole. So like just the whole, like what her overall end game in executing Operation Z was, right? Because that's Megan, what you just brought up is a point I didn't fully think through. It was like, what was the good version of Halsey's? What was the successful version of that plan? Um, and I think they have... Ref said that Halo was a weapon, but I think they've overall been pretty unclear on what specifically it does, right? We know what the yeah. Covenant think it ushers in the... the um like, it's kind of like the yeah it's like the games and stuff i think where it's like they all think it's a weapon that they can probably point at whoever they damn well please right. they don't realize what it actually does right right um okay well let's go ahead and i think that's a great uh segue uh into you know what we see for the final episode of this show i can't find anywhere that says the runtime of the, the final episode i would love it if it were on the longer side um last week on forward under quan with sarah we made some predictions for giant vehicular and or space battles and we talked about that again today um i still think that is coming in episode nine uh but do you guys think do you see madrigal coming back i guess at this point i am unsure how it's going to happen but i i'm still 50 50 on whether i feel like there's going to be a big battle in the the skies and space above Reach or in the skies and space above Madrigal that, that bleeds uh, over into the ground. Um, I, I, really, I really don't have any idea, and that leaves me both nervous but also, in a way, excited. Uh, Megan? Any thoughts on? I mean, do you do you care enough to have a prediction at this point? Are you are you <laughs> tuned in enough to to really be making a prediction, or are you sort of just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm on this ride. Let's uh, let's get well, to the end. It depends on your interpretation of what happened at the end of this episode, where uh, uh, McKee did not touch the artifact, but she kind of ends up on Halo in the weird magic halo land and, and and says goodbye did she figure out wait the... what do you mean she, she she touched it when she was oh um... she did right yeah she did so she, she knows where halo is now I, assume. I think john's the one that didn't john's the one that got knocked into the halo yeah, that without was touching his the fight artifact. With his right right and then but then she said goodbye so i assume that she can take that if she's willing to say goodbye to john the covenant and they're they're off to Halo now, which means that they the other people don't know where Halo like can John so still figure out where Halo only, is if he touches it or then his only is hope the, then is the portal on Madrigal, right? That's what I'm thinking, and, and and I don't know how in the world he would know that. Is is a uh, is Quan just gonna call him up? I feel like, like she's just gotta call him, yeah. Right, like hey, oh, I've got a portal here. Come on in. Wink your acknowledgement light for yes, yeah. <laughs> um so it's got to be magical. I thought I thought it would be a lot to ask to have the fall of reach before they reach Halo and the way that they've been going completely off the whatever that their silver timelining timeline used to like be a little like a parallel universe. Now it's just like a, a Loki style divergent where it, it needs to be snipped off. Um yeah, I As don't. As a Star Trek fan, that that part doesn't bother me, but yeah. <laughs> um, but in a way that I don't understand where if the fall of Reach is ever going to happen. Um, but it certainly cannot happen in the next episode. I have to put my foot down on that and say that I it's the battle's got to be on Madrigal, and then so they hop into a well and land on Halo. I don't. I, I don't know. I, that's Do you, not, right. Like, does it, do, yeah. Well, actually, here I have two quick questions for you, but I'll toss it to Julia first, and then we'll do those two questions as a lightning round. Julia, um, as somebody who you know maybe has a little less, uh, like roots, you could say, or baggage in the Halo universe, um, and is maybe come into the show, uh, as a little bit more of like a traditional television viewer, unless is a Halo fandom person. 
Um, do you have a different take on where you see this going? Are you optimistic, worried? Uh, how are you feeling as we approach the finale here? I kind of have no idea what's going to happen. And that's exciting to me because I feel like this whole series, I've been able to kind of guess at what I think is going to happen. And usually I'm mostly right. Um, But yeah, I kind of have no idea what's going on. I mean, everyone's kind of fighting against each other or with each other. You know, people are going to going off on their own. Soren left Quan. Was it last episode that we saw them last? Like they're apart, uh, you know, Silver Team's fighting Master Chief. Like I'm mostly curious about how everyone's going to, you know, probably reunite against the Covenant. Um, I have no idea where the battle is going to be. I mean, Madrigal makes sense based on the well, but yeah, it, I have no idea and I'm kind of excited about it. Anyway, I think anyway. it's funny. Oh. I was gonna say, I think it's funny that you bring up the Covenant because I keep forgetting that they exist. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> just, just like, about to say, Megan. We've invested You're like, oh, they so... have to reunite against the what? <laughs> yeah, we've invested so little in making them. They have been pretty formidable at times, um, and they they got away with that artifact. But you know, they've been uh, pretty soundly defeated in in most of the certainly in the encounters that they've had against Spartans, um, which except has for been that fun one to... brute. Yeah, exactly. He's smarter than everybody. That brute uh, knew what was up with that hammer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Rick or whatever. But um, yeah, it'll just like they haven't. It doesn't seem like they've invested in making us fear or or like worry about the covenant showing up. But I do think that whole thing with the planet criterion getting glassed had to be like serving supposed to be serving that role well, for us. It's like, like a reminder: these guys are are bad, right? Yeah, and it's and it sucks. I have to think that's production problems that they that's the way that they had to do it and like I've had to do that in video game writing a lot where you, you've tried to tell the audience so much about the bad guy and eventually you're just like just watch this video of them being evil for five seconds now you get it bye like yeah. I I saw on on reddit people were arguing like the covenant's not even a threat and someone goes no but they've told us it's a threat over and over I'm like that's the problem is that they've told us and they've rarely showed us anything and so like i am glad that they had that criterion turning into lava so at least like we get a hint of how bad they can be but no they haven't unfortunately been able to actually show us that and there was that weird like uh riz is like i don't know supposed to be researching a ship that, like a drop ship that they captured and she's like oh the encryption on this thing is amazing and vanik's like yeah they're they're ugly they're not stupid or something like that so they have tried to I guess they have tried to remind us a couple of times that these are indeed um, yeah, formidable. Without investing in the CGI that they need to actually show the Covenant, which do look awesome whenever they're on. So, you know, I, I'm glad they've reserved the budget for, like, quality over quantity, but also maybe it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. you know, for me, where I'm at with this season, waiting for the finale is, uh, you know, remember the the public transportation system on rubble and they have the, the tram car and it kind of flies into the air before like catching itself on the wire. I feel that we are in the <clears throat> flying into the air part. Right. And I'm not super confident it's going to catch the wire, but I'm still like open to, right. Like much like I, I said, my feelings on that transportation system, like if it catches the wire, I'll be like, yeah, okay. All right. You know, like I'll, I'll go. That's a great that. analogy. I love it. <laughs> um, I, I want to love it. <clears throat> you know, I want to love it. Um, yeah. And I think well, yeah, we're all rooting for it, right? You know, like I guess yeah. And I guess for yeah. me the only thing I can think of at this point is that John really doesn't know who he can trust at this point and tries to reconnect with Soren in a like, hey, it turns out you were completely right and I was completely wrong. Like what can you do to help me kind of thing? And, and I still don't know how that gets us back to Quan. But that's like, I guess, how I see that chain of events starting to kick off. Well, Quan mentioned she had a portal. Should we go? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But but you know, there like I I feel like there is still a a weird path that they can thread with the needle that will leave me feeling like yeah okay that was that was a fun season. Yeah. I'd uh, honestly definitely had about some high points. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't I don't quite know how they will look and. You know, it'll never be a season that I look back on as like, man, that whole thing was awesome from start to finish, right? 
Um, and I, I think I mentioned this off the recording one time, but I, I, I really am starting to become curious, like in the declassified episodes after the, after the show, they, they've mentioned a lot about how COVID has affected their production schedule. And I really do wonder if there was a real world concern for having fewer people on the set at a time. And it made logistical sense to shoot, you know, we have one day of shooting where John and Quan are together. Uh, and then the rest of the time we're kind of like shooting in these smaller units that necessitate these episodes being split in this way. I have no idea, but uh, I would That's like there yeah. to be some kind of explanation for it. And I'm not, I'm, I still can't quite understand the role that the Quan episodes have served at this point, other than the first couple, which were, I still think were a lot of fun. Um, all right. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up there. Uh, that's it for this, our penultimate episode of Forward and the Quan. Thank you, as always, to Megan. Uh, perfect attendance. If I remember correctly from middle school, you get a voucher to a White Sox game yeah, now. Yeah, look, I'm willing to show up to anything that I don't have to leave the house for. <laughs> yeah, uh, perfect. Um, and then thank you this week uh, to my wonderful wife, Julia Wider, uh, adding my wife hosts, uh, co-hosts a Halo podcast with me will just be yet another thing I can say with pride uh, that, that some folks will just never believe me when I tell them about my wife because they, they can't picture it being true. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed chatting with us and it was definitely great to, to get your, your take on this episode of Halo. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Um. Thank you also to Cicero. He's been stuck in slip space for the, the last couple of episodes. But next week, we've got the Halo finale coming up. I do not know how this is going to go, but I believe your OG Forward Under Quan crew will be here to break down the whole thing. So please like like Forward Under Quan, subscribe to us, tell your friends, download the episodes on flash drives, give them away uh, to people that you meet on the street, and we will see you next week on Forward Under Quan. Mm-hmm.